to another episode of Our Dramatic Assets. I'm Rebecca Ann Bloom. I'm Ryan McGregor. And we just wanted to say that this podcast is where we talk about our lives, we cover a different topic each week, and we chat about our careers in the creative industry. So today, we're going to talk about things that make us go, huh? And we have a very cool and special guest today, Jamie McClure. Hey, guys. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. How's it going? Great. I'm excited. (laughs) Just isolated up. I haven't talked to anybody really forever other than emails. Yeah. Well, we're hoping that you can give us some marketing expertise. Ooh, yes. Awesome. Rebecca. Yeah. Do you believe in UFOs? Uh, Yeah, I do. Hardcore. Is anybody out there? Okay, I don't know if I believe in UFOs. Ooh, dicey. Jamie, do you? Mm, hmm. I I definitely think I believe in life outside of Earth, but I don't know if it's little green and gray guys. Right. Valid. Valid. Right. Yes. Right. I think that conceptualization. Yeah. Like Okay. So like maybe I don't believe in UFOs, but I definitely feel like there's gotta be other universes that have something similar to us yes definitely hundo p well would you want to go there yeah (laughs) well there's all this talk right now about going over to mars but right now a lot of people are saying that's that's a pretty big fantasy right now but some people are saying it could happen right i'm just thinking that leads into one of our topics for today star wars versus star trek speaking about exploring the galaxy. <laughs> far, far away. Far, far away. Far, far away. Does anyone have a preference? Which one? Ooh. Which life would Ooh. they like to jump into? <laughs> I think Star Wars is, Star Wars for me is about sort of like the failure of international cooperation because there's this Ooh. dictator emperor that pretty much tried to get rid of democracy. The rebels want to stop taking over the galaxy. It's like Star Wars is this ultimate soap opera set in space. And the rebels, they are the protagonists. And I feel like that kind of inspired a generation of imagination and wonder. Yeah, I think I think that's what's great about sci-fi films. Like ever since way back in like the 80s. I've only ever really seen the latest Star Wars movie, Confession. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. There's so many. Yeah, there's tons. I mean, you get the gist from at least one. And now there's a TV show coming out, I've heard. Is there? Oh. Oh. Oh, this just in. Yeah, people like to be critics in in the media. That is for sure. Versus Star Trek. Love Star Trek. Where the Enterprise is trying to bring peace to the world or the galaxy. And it was originally a TV show. Mm -hmm. And I, I love Star Trek because... Everybody was equal, and there was the abandonment of traditional roles and race relations at the time set in the 1960s when it first came out. Mm, groundbreaking. I never thought of that. I literally just wanted to hop into a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, so in terms of Star Trek, there's different, well, I guess both of them, there's different levels of career, question mark. Would you see yourself as like a pilot, a linguistic 
analyst, a doctor, an explorer. Like there's a whole bunch of them. A fighter. That's true. I don't know. I I love the technology, though. I feel like stuff like FaceTime and video calling was pioneered in these types of sci-fi shows that we see now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It kind of like it set the stage for the inventors later on. They're like, yes, we want that. That's so true because it's like what I don't even remember what it what the phrase is, but it's like just put them put them on the put them on the dashboard. What was it? Oh, I'm going to have to Google it. Yeah, do do get back to us with that one because okay. I'm not sure. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but it's, it was it was it wasn't like a hologram. It'd be like put put them up, and then like it would show up on the oh. shield of the Star Trek yeah. thing. Wow, yeah, my dad would I be do so, know what you mean. So sad yeah. to hear me try to explain Star Trek. <laughs> uh, I I do understand. <laughs> yeah, but there's so many things that make you go, huh? Like. Space is such a strange phenomenon at the same time. There's so many other strange phenomenon out there. Like I was watching Unsolved Mysteries Mm. and there was this episode about spontaneous human combustion. I'm sorry. And after I watched it, I was totally freaked out that someone could just burst into flames and (laughs) that's it. They're dead. And there's, and you have no warning and it can happen to anyone. And that's, that's it. I'm like, what? That's crazy. Freakiest stuff ever. Yeah, I was it's so I freaky. was I was super cynical as I am with ninety-nine percent of most things, but the one case watching it on BuzzFeed Unsolved, shout out to Shane and Ryan. Love that show. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> they covered it and the lady her foot with her sock and shoe was left there, but the rest spontaneously combusted. So I was like, huh, for sure. Yeah, totally. Wait, what? Yeah, man. She just bursted sitting in her chair. Some people think because she was smoking a cigarette, maybe something caught her dress. She was fairly old, so they thought maybe she passed out or they don't know. But her whole chair was like black charred burnt. But her foot, her like foot was there on the floor. Wow. And that's the thing. You're right. Science tries to explain it and we try to come up with these theories to try to answer for that. And sometimes there just isn't a good answer in that moment. But I also think rage mode when people automatically think then it's paranormal. Right. Mm. That's a good point. That's That's interesting. Yeah, because I think if you asked people the same questions like we're talking about right now, like what's out in space, what do you think of exploring? If you asked that like 200 years ago, you would get like, we are the only planet in existence. What are you talking about? So I think it's it's not paranormal. I think we just don't understand it yet, for sure. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. I was even thinking to that point, just even our own understanding of the galaxy and space with the planets and now how Pluto is classified as a dwarf planet. Poor Pluto. I know. Still better. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I can change my mind about that because when I was in school, we didn't call it that. I had a whole song. You had a whole song? Yeah. Sing the song. Jupiter, Venus, Earth, and Mars. Jupiter, Venus, Earth, and Mars. Mercury, (laughs) Neptune, Saturn... (laughs) 
something. A little old Pluto, too. I think I got the, the, what is it? The order messed up? I'm looking it up. Hold on. The planets. <laughs> I'm going to re-sing it. Hold on. Let me look up the order. <laughs> I clearly Thank forgot. You. The song did nothing for me. <laughs> Wait, what is the, what comes out? Mercury. That's why. Uh. I- <laughs> Honestly, you're doing pretty well because a lot of people, when you ask them to name the planets, I bet you they couldn't. So at least you have a song. So or like right. when people yeah. when people ask to on our other random note the uh, the al- to sing the alphabet backwards, please don't ask me to do that because I can't. I can't believe that's a part of a DUI drug driving test. It's like I couldn't do it sober. Oh, is it really? Things that make you go, huh? Yeah. I'm just trying to think what comes after Z. Why? I mean, before? <laughs> before? <laughs> Z, Y, W. Nope, can't. <laughs> but this all, this all leads us into conspiracy theories and what's real and what can be explained by science. And Jamie, you touched on this. I think that's really interesting. And I was reading a few conspiracy theories online, but there's so (laughs) many out there. There's even ones about the Illuminati and the, you know, the new world order, Mm. but there's no proof that such a thing as an Illuminati exists. Am I wrong? Well, I don't know. I think it's not unbelievable that there's somebody higher than the government, somebody higher than the military. Mm -hmm. I don't not believe it. Well, the world is definitely changing even now as we speak. Literally. Hella quick. Very quick. Like, do you guys remember VHSs? And then a blink of an eye, there was CDs, DVDs, and now we're like, what's a physical copy of music? Totally. In like 20 years. Do y'all remember The Littlest Toaster? Because as soon as you said VHS, (laughs) that's the movie I saw in my brain. And what a traumatizing (laughs) movie that was. Littlest Toaster? Oh my gosh, Jamie, you've never seen it? Ooh. It's it about a toaster. Spooky. It's about a toaster and there was like a vacuum and there was an electric blankie that was really shy and struggled. There are other appliances and they all <laughs> try to escape a house? It's Question like, mark? Like the child's version of Maximum, what was that Stephen King movie? Maximum Overdrive? Maximum Overload? When all Ooh. of the electronics just come to life? Yeah. It's like super horror movie, kind of. That sounds creepy. That sounds good. It is. Recommend. I want to check that out. Yeah. But you're right, though, Jamie, how things have changed. It's funny, too, because like VHS competed with like Betamax and DVD competed with Blu-ray or HD, rather, or whatever it was, you know. And then eventually they picked one that was going to be the next big thing. And then it's on to the next big thing. And now we really don't have physical copies it's all digital everything is streaming who made those decisions who was like you know what consumers was it really well like all of a sudden things just got too convenient like what i can just get it on my phone well first you went through giving your computer the worst viruses of your life with limewire and (laughs) frostwire yeah that was the worst but then i think Things like Spotify and stuff like that that kind of give everybody the equal right to get on the same platform. I think it's a good thing. But it also, it's like RIP record sales. Yeah. 
I find it's interesting with like even a CD. If you only liked one song on a CD, it didn't matter because you basically usually had to buy the whole CD. Whereas on Spotify, <laughs> if you just like one song, you just add one song to your li- your playlist. That changed yeah. my life, honestly. So some great advances, some conveniences. I mean, sure. I feel like it was marketing that made these decisions. Like not marketing. made not made the decisions, but definitely helped the consumers make these decisions. Because yeah. Yeah. Like what made DVD versus Blu-ray and stuff like that so enticing? Was it not the way it was presented to consumers? Oh my god, yeah. Do you remember those ridiculous commercials for DVDs? It's a movie on a disc the size of a CD. No. (laughs) It's like a family sitting on a couch, and it's like, coming soon to your TV, and it like explodes the television. They're like, house catches on fire, and they're like, flying across the room. And it's like, crazy sound quality. Like When you watch DVD... It was nuts. So marketing was like steroids at that time for the interest of DVDs. Interesting. That is a very good point. And yes, I I do remember that being traumatized by how loud (laughs) it was. Jamie, as someone that works in marketing, do you believe your phone is listening to you? Yeah, yes. Not to freak anybody out, but I think it's not like... Mm, I don't know. I think a lot of people blow it out of proportion, but being like Rebecca and I working in the media industry as well, we can see kind of, you can see tracking analytics. So you can see, yeah, the back end of kind of what's revealed to you as the developer, the creator, whatever. So I can only imagine what putting a little more money into those tracking capabilities can give you as a business. I just think it costs a bunch. So I think only Amazon, Google, those big company giants, they can afford, I think, to do those kind of crazy stuff. Yeah, definitely. So basically the moral is they do know your buying habits, what you like, your preferences, but they're not listening to all your conversations every moment of the day. Yeah, a lot of people think it's because just ads are getting so advanced now that it's just super good behavior predicting, but some people aren't buying it. (laughs) Right, exactly. Very interesting, yeah. People will tell you. Yeah, like... I think it's always just kind of slightly blown out of proportion because people are like, I was talking about getting a Victoria's Secret bra and then suddenly it just showed up <laughs> on my cell phone and my ads. I'm like, you sure you didn't type that in though? Yeah. Or even geolocated, like targeted ads where I worked for a company a few years ago where I was working on a project where we geolocated ads, and that means you can basically just put a little pin on a map, on Google Maps, and anybody who comes in and out of a 500 or whatever your radius is, comes in and out of your little circle, they're going to get hit with your ad. And you can place that by your store to hit them that way, or you can put it in front of your competition store. So as soon as they go in there, they get hit with your ad in the email or Facebook, getting more advanced every day. That is fascinating. That is so interesting. I feel like we should do that to promote the podcast. 
I'm not opposed. <laughs> not opposed. Great. Well, so there are practical, you know, reasons for kind of tricks of marketing and and all that. But there's also things that have been like kind of harmful. I'm thinking about the Tide Pod challenge, like all these weird and harmful social challenges that have come along. What do we think about those? Yeah. And Rebecca, you want to hop on that one first? I mean, hopefully none of us try to eat a Tide Pod, first of all. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully none of us did. Do you remember the cinnamon challenge where people would like take mm. a spoonful of cinnamon and hope they didn't, you know, choke to death? That their throat didn't cement shut? Yeah. I just, I don't understand the, like, people think there's glory behind accomplishing these challenges. And I don't know how that happens. Wait, what? Well, like, yeah. how it happens socially and then how people are like, ah, good idea. I'm going to try that. That process what is that how does that happen (laughs) well that's just it a lot of people think and i've heard this before that specifically with the tide pods it was because they looked like they could be eaten just they looked colorful and pretty i mean i don't think it will not appetizing enough to eat but this is this is what people say and people say it with other products too like even like certain cleaning products And even I've heard as far as people go to say where the placement of these products are in stores. So some stores will put them near real food products and then people will get them mixed up. Dang. I don't know. Huh. It's never happened to me. I think going back to what Rebecca said about how she doesn't like, you don't understand how this starts. Like how does this become a viral thing? And I think with the Tide Pod thing, I might be wrong, but I think the first thing in the news about it was about uh, like a child mistaking it for one. And it was actually like a super bad accident. But then social media hooked onto it and turned it into a challenge, which is terrible. I always wonder, though, if something got it into these kids heads that YouTube pays you for views, right? So I'll just do something so ridiculous. I'll get views. I'll get likes. And YouTube will start sending me a check in the mail. And they're all very young children. So I don't know. Yeah, that's very true. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. Now I'm just thinking about other options of gaining money off of YouTube (laughs) that are not toxic. (laughs) Going viral has been a, a recent thing in human history. It's not, it's been in the last decade, essentially. Mm hmm. Like, how did that. How did people suddenly realize that that could be our next form of entertainment and our next source of income? Like when YouTube became popular, was it 2008-ish? That had been unheard of. Like we had the internet, we had stuff we could look up. Does anyone remember dial-up and that terrible sound? Like that. (laughs) Like whatever that was. Terrible. (laughs) But... When it came to YouTube and that kind of kicked off, everyone a few years after that just wanted to be a YouTuber. There were courses taught in high schools about how you can become an internet influencer. And then from there, it's migrated into like Vine, TikTok. I can't think of anything else because I immediately thought MySpace, but that was before all these and MySpace (laughs) didn't last very long. Rest in peace, MySpace. Tumblr blogs, like everything that a lot of 
Jamie and I would do, what we're, our jobs are, is based off of the last 10 years, which is phenomenal. Like, it blows my mind. Right. Yeah, like, the speed of the evolution of the marketing industry has kind of just, it's been insane, and it's it's kind of taken social media along with the ride. The evolution's just going so fast, and now it's all the way up to like factories, and have you guys heard of, apparently there's entire factory warehouses filled with phones just automatically spam bot liking and, and engaging with profiles online. No. Wow. Ooh, that does something different to organic reach. Well, right. You've heard of bots, right? So I guess that could just be a total made up story. I believe it. Yeah. We're talking about conspiracy theories like that. Definitely (laughs) one for sure, but it's also highly plausible. Well, that's, it's interesting because, you know, ads, commercials on TV were a big thing for marketing. And then once YouTube got big, ads were a big thing. And then people discovered ad blocker. But the industry <laughs> has continued to evolve and get around these obstacles. So I find that interesting where marketing goes next. Right. Everyone's talking into their devices instead of typing. And just that little thing alone has forced marketing to change a lot. Do you guys have a favorite social media platform that you use to get your content out there? I love Instagram. I don't think I'm engaged in other elements of social media as much as I am on Instagram. Like I just reactivated, is that the proper word? My Twitter. In my brain, I thought Twitter was extinct. It's clearly not. Tweets are (laughs) flowing. But for me, I guess the visual aspect of Instagram appeals to me more. Yeah, I'm definitely still stuck in my Facebook realm, I think. I've I've vowed to delete it about 10 times, but now that we manage social media accounts, I think I I just don't like Facebook at all anymore and just stay off social media in general usually. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that the newer social media platforms are easier to get your brand out there and your name out there with certain things. It's easier to become like famous, like we were talking about that and getting likes on newer TikTok than it is older platforms like Facebook. Yeah, I I would agree. I think even marketers are getting more competitive with each other as well. So when a marketer looks over on a TikTok video and they see that they've got a couple million subscribers and a whole bunch of views, then we're going to get a little creative and maybe offer them something new and something that hasn't been done before and try to get them to promote a product for us. So that's why I think it's always navigating around all of these these obstacles that come up and all these new ways to promote products come up all the time because we're just forced to think of it because the industry's just going way too fast. Yeah. Have you guys ever bought something you don't need? Probably because you've been... <laughs> You've been enticed somehow? Yeah, impulse buy for sure, yeah. Every mm-hmm. day. Every day is an impulse day. I'm trying to cut back on it. I, I'm really impulsive with Uber Eats. So they'll send me yeah. like a like a, a code to be like, here's 30% off. And I'm like, man, I just want to order something right now. Cookie! Um, nom, 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 nom. Well, now I, want, now I want potatoes. Come on, guys. I mean, if you think back to what marketing started as like way back. Okay, not too far back, but I mean 19th or 20th century back. Like how did it start and how did it evolve then? Ryan and I were in some 
courses together in university, like comm stuff. So we know a little bit. Jamie, you went to school for it. So you know probably way more than we do. But <laughs> like just yeah, the idea I, I, of selling a product and how that kind of kickstarted campaigns uh, for products and like cigarettes, they were all kind of pushed towards women mm. because that was like a, a a weird way to wrap in feminism in the 1920s, I think yeah. it was. Yeah, I think when you go through like a marketing course, they'll, they'll kind of give you the rundown of the marketing eras and, and the different ways that people were forced to promote things. And they'll tell you how it evolved originally was people had no choice but to buy the products people were selling. So there was no need for marketing at all. It's kind of funny. Right. Super interesting. And with cigarettes, I feel like that became targeted towards women because men in huge numbers were already smoking and women decided that they were going to smoke because they wanted to and they weren't going to be told by a man that they couldn't. And so it ushered in a whole new era of smokers in conjunction with the feminist movement, which is really interesting wasn't the best idea, but... Right. <laughs> well, have you guys heard... Have you guys heard of the Marlboro Man marketing campaign? Yes. Yeah, back in the 50s. It was originally marketed to ladies. Yeah, it was like a feminine, very sweet brand-looking kind of thing. And then they introduced that rough-and-tough cowboy-looking guy to, to try to widen their audience a little bit there. Plus, I guess... When the war was going on, they kind of gave cigarettes out like free candy because it was an incentive, I guess, at the time. So that really contributed to the massive sales, the massive demand. And yeah, the marketing train just rolls on from there. Yeah, it's funny that I, I've, I've heard of the Marlboro Man, but I've never smoked that product. So it's funny that I even it's inside my head somewhere in the back of my mind. I've heard it somewhere. And it's funny, too, how companies change their image that way. So now I'm thinking of mascots. Does anybody remember, like, Ronald McDonald? Yes. Yes. And that was, I guess, a friendly clown before people <laughs> had massive fears of clowns and Stephen <laughs> King came out with it. The whole thing kind of broke down nowadays where they don't, they don't use it anymore. Yeah. I guess Ronald McDonald's a no-no now. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I wondered why, because do you remember going to McDonald's and there used to be that bench at the front of McDonald's with Buddy Ronald there just hanging out the plastic figurine or whatever? And I wondered yeah. why they got rid of him. The life-size structure. Yeah, the life yeah. Oh, fascinating. Well, there was definitely... definitely probably like some isolated incident that caused somebody to like sue someone for something and then nobody can have nice things now. That's true. <laughs> also, that happens a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think one marketing thing that annoys me, and I've talked to Jeff about it, is diamonds. Because mm. diamonds don't have a value unless we put a value on them. And I think, Jamie, yeah. you watched the Netflix series Explained, the short documentary series. Yeah, that's a great show. Yeah. And so there was one episode that talked about the diamond industry and how literally it's just it's basically like coal, but it's just pressed together more. So it's shiny. <laughs> but it's so shiny. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, let's slam a dollar value on that and then put it into a bunch of hot campaigns. And suddenly everyone yeah. wants a diamond. 
And then Marilyn Monroe comes along and just boosts it all up. And Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, what? Diamonds don't have a value? I never want a diamond then. <laughs> that, it puts like a, a really big dilemma in my head internally because I'm like, ever since I watched my very first princess, Disney princess movie, I'm like, diamond rings. And then I hit my 20s and they're like, actually, they don't mean a thing. And, and it was like a mind-blowing moment. Yeah, well, that's true. Especially growing up with Disney-inspired ideals about life. And then you grow up and you realize that life isn't like that at all. That's true. <laughs> and I mean, I, I love Disney, don't get me wrong. But real life is, is not like that. And, and rings, they don't really, they're not really an investment for your future. They're just nice. Yeah, that was that was a marketing campaign that made everybody believe that it was supposed to be an investment. They said, I think it was two months salary. That's how you yes. know you've spent enough. Yeah. The beers. Yeah, those guys. The They're the ones that kind of skyrocketed the diamond thing and put that old label on it that diamonds are forever. And it all just made everybody melt. It did. Absolutely. Well, also, there's so many rings you got to buy. I feel like there's engagement rings mm. and then there's a wedding ring and then there's promise rings. And I've lost track. I was talking track. to my boyfriend about that. Yeah, it's crazy. My what is what does he say? Yeah, what does Ryan say? Oh uh, yeah, my boyfriend also named Ryan. Yeah, he says <laughs> oh, we're kind of both just <laughs> we're kind of both on the same page where it's like, don't you only need a wedding band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, we're we're kind of just like we don't think we're gonna buy into the whole big wedding, big ring, big rock on my finger kind of thing. Because yeah, we're just kind of gonna be a simple wedding band people. I think. First of all, cute. Love that idea. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> Second of all, I was talking to Jeff about this and like how it's common for the woman to have an engagement ring. And the bigger the rock, the better because it shows that he loves her more. Right. You know, incorrect. She or he or them or whatever. I feel like that was, <laughs> I feel like I might have spoken incorrectly when I said he, because lots of people buy engagement rings, but typically <laughs> it is a he that buys it for a she. And then I was thinking, why can't a she buy it for a he? Or like, like, why does it yeah. have to be the more dominant partner that purchases a ring? Yeah, I've had an, an ex relationship where he was always kind of joking around where, why don't you get down on one knee and propose to me? And I don't know why it was such a weird, like, no. I, but I don't know why I thought like that. Yeah. Because everything we watch and how we grow up, our environment, they reinforce these ideas of what's normal and what's expected. And sometimes that's okay. Like, if you like traditional things, then, you know, that's fine. But there's the same rule book, so to speak, doesn't always apply to everyone. So don't feel that pressure to spend $10,000 on a ring. But, you know, if you're rich and you got $10,000, then, and you want to spoil me, then buy all the <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping to spend under 10 on a wedding. <laughs> Ideally. And you can get married on a budget and you can look good on a budget and you can have nice things. You can shop in Target or Walmart <laughs> for nice things still. Yes. Yes. I mean, when we think, Marketing and weddings, I think dresses, 
And I don't know yes how popular Say Yes to the Dress is now. I used to watch it a lot as a younger girl and teenager. And my cat is here. So if you hear a little bell, that's her. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Plum. But <laughs> like, I remember just watching all those girls going, oh, I, you know, my budget's like five grand for a dress. And I'm like, that is, that is some dough. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. But wedding dresses are apparently very expensive to begin with. And I think that's how it went up and up and up. You know, it's expected now to be like, I remember watching those shows and they would say, oh, 2000. And they'd be like, well, we'll try and see if we can find something for you. We're going to look in the back. We might have a sample gonna- size. <laughs> yeah, literally. The brides on Say Yes to the Dress, they're always like, here's my budget. But if I try it on and I fall in love, the price doesn't matter. They always yeah. go over budget. I can't. I can't. What? I don't. That blows my mind. It's, it's a bit problematic for me because it's it's one day. Like you want to look nice and you're only going to do it once, hopefully. So I get that. But yeah, that's marketing. <laughs> yeah. How are you going to make some money on that dress now that it's been worn once and you're just going to like what now? Yeah. Well, that's what my mom was saying. Like, she wanted to just get married in just a, something something white. Didn't have to be anything in particular. And then her maid of honor was like, you're going to feel bad if you don't get a dress. <laughs> and so they got a dress. And oh, my gosh, there's so much background noise. I'm so sorry. Now my cats have discovered their cat tree. <laughs> but my mom has lovely wedding photos. She looks great. But she has a dress in a box now that she's like, I don't know what to do with that. Like, are you going to wear it? I'm like, I mean, I'd probably have to alter it a bit. I could, but in reality, most moms don't necessarily pass on their dress to their daughter because just fashion trends change. (laughs) I think it's interesting with my parents. They just did kind of a courthouse wedding. It was just kind of like, let's just go sign a piece of paper. We're married. So my mom wore like literally a white pantsuit. Oh, like, yeah. Like, it was awesome. I loved it. That's cool. Yeah, and you can just do that. You just make it legal. You just go down and, and that's it. You don't want to make a big fuss. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Some people have destination weddings, too. That's a lot to ask people sometimes. But it can be worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, for sure. I just had a cousin, actually. She moved out to Australia for a job and then she ended up meeting somebody there, falling in love. And she had the wedding in Australia and like, it's beautiful. I'm so happy for her. But I think that her mom and her dad were the only ones who could make it. So it was a nice, sweet, intimate wedding, but I wish I could have went for sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Australia, it is. It's so far away. That's the thing. That's a job. I hear it's a John. I hear so <laughs> many great things, though. This just makes me want to go there more. Just to see it, I have to go. It's gorgeous, I hear. Speaking of Australia, I'm thinking about planes, travel to Australia, and, you know, things that make you go, huh? So (laughs) I didn't know this. So as I'm a flight attendant, and I was surprised that there's this whole thing about chemtrails and aircraft leaving smoke behind those trails and how they're supposed to be, like, bad for, like, people. And I didn't Mm -hmm. know any of that. I never heard this before. Yeah, I've heard it's been like confirmed, but I'm the kind of person that you can show me all the proof in the world and I'm still probably not going to believe you. So it's it's tough for me to to watch or learn about any of this stuff, but I apparently 
it was leaked or confirmed that the government was like, yeah, sorry, our bad. Yeah, we had some bad stuff in that smoke. No way. (laughs) Our bad. Sorry. (laughs) Our bad. Pollution. Sorry about your lungs. (laughs) Okay, so we are talking about weddings. Um, This isn't necessarily a conspiracy theory or anything, but I mean, it makes me go, huh? So it might make you guys go, huh? Thoughts about group honeymoons. Now, it's not necessarily like all the couples that just recently got married are going to go on a honeymoon. But I've always wanted to take like a group vacation with my friends. And so I feel like if I'm going away on my honeymoon, why don't y'all come with me and then we can hang out and it'd be great. Yeah. I mentioned this to some friends and they were like, "Hmm, girl, we are all different ages and how would that work? And I'm like, (laughs) "I, I don't know. Just like, just like. Stay with me for a little bit here. Let's dream. Do you think <laughs> that's unrealistic? I don't know. I think it would be great. I think that would be really great. That's what I was thinking when you said group honeymoon. I was thinking the make or break moment would be, do I know the people or are they random strangers? But being with friends, yeah, for sure. That'd be awesome. Totally doable. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm for that. I'm just thinking, why do we got to be boring? Just have fun. Do whatever you want. Just do it. This is showing that even things like the honeymoon are changing too. We're the new generation. We can do whatever we want. Who says? I feel now justified with my idea of group honeymoons. This is great. Um, thank you all. <laughs> <laughs> At least we solved Anytime. one problem. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. Our generation gives me faith in humanity, but also makes me worried. I think when millennials get up and they start hitting those CEO positions and they're in the power to make real decisions that really make change, that I think we're going to start really noticing some differences. I totally agree. I think that's a very positive message. And I think that's what we're capable of. We're smart Mm -hmm. people. And, you know, when we get into these positions, we'll have, you know, different rules and expectations for ourselves and we'll be even better. Because isn't that what we have to do to move forward? Be better? For sure. Uplift everybody around you as much as you can. I think our generation is just going to be so much more inclusive and understanding that everything, even not getting the job could be fun. Like it's just everything's going to be an experience, I think. Yeah. And now a lot of us are deciding to try different jobs. Some of us are working from home and creating our own businesses. Mm -hmm. Maybe that was always a thing in every generation, but I feel like it's even more prevalent now to say, these are, I'm going to set my own working conditions. There's some benefits to that, especially in creative industries. I feel like you can do that more now. You can work from home. Yeah. Rebecca and I have actually been doing that a little bit yeah last few weeks I mean last oh my god last couple months yeah it's been months yeah oh my gosh yeah we well we were on the phone the other day because I was struggling with a client and so Jamie hopped on a call with me and we kind of sorted out some planning stuff just through a call and through Google Docs which I mean whoever invented Google Docs thank you so much (laughs) and then we yes that's true and then yesterday we were on a call with our boss and our manager and some other coworkers just trying to sort some client stuff out. And again, like we don't we don't necessarily need an office space 
to have collaboration in creative industries or non-creative industries. I feel like non-creative industries can still do it. I mean, some places yeah. like hospitals, like obviously you need people there, but there are ways that technology can help us. And I feel like right now in this generation slash in this time period, it's opening the door to be more receptive to it. Yeah, for sure. Do you know what's funny is Owen works from home and he works really hard. He puts in a full day and I'm not working. So I'm just doing my own thing at my own pace. And sometimes I'll get mad because he'll be like, not actually mad, but just dramatic because we are our dramatic assets. And I'll just say, (laughs) oh, you're always working. You're always just working and you're no fun. And he's like, well, yeah, it's hard work. (laughs) This is what they expect out of me. I'm like, true. I don't know why I'm upset, but I just, I just want your attention and you're giving it to the, you're giving all your attention to this content creating marketing meeting that you're in. Cause he does something kind of similar to what you guys do too. So you guys have that in common. Oh, that's interesting. We should all chat sometime about that kind of stuff. Yeah. I want to pick Owen's brain. Just saying. He now follows me on Instagram, so. Mm. <laughs> nice. I'm famous, essentially. Yeah, I think <laughs> with marketers, I think it's always so much fun talking to other marketers because I just think hearing new perceptions and the different perspectives that you have in your industries, I think that's always good conversation. It's good conversation. Yeah. It's super valuable uh, because the way I think is completely different to the way Jamie thinks. And so I'll be stuck on an idea and I'm like, I can't figure this out. And then she's like, well, obviously it's this and this and this. And I'm like, wow. And then I'll sit there for like 20 minutes trying to upload a banner. (laughs) And I'll ask you for the 30th time to come show me. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I'm sorry, Rebecca. And I'm like, it's just the widget. You just didn't click the widget. And she's like, oh. (laughs) The widget. The widget every time. Oh, yeah. But that's, you guys are helping each other. I feel like if you were in a group with creative people, there's always going to be, you know, discussion and people are going to disagree, but you, you get your voice heard. You get in there and you say, this is how I feel and get those results. Yeah, I think what makes a big difference too is kind of having the positive attitude from the managers and the people above you kind of. It makes or breaks the situation, I think, too. Because if you're given that freedom to be creative and you're not really restricted or micromanaged, I think it's it's always way better and you always end up with better results. Absolutely. So Rebecca and I are always working together. Whenever we get the chance to sit down and like strategize together, we can come up with the next six weeks of work in under two hours. So it's really cool. Yeah. That's cool. Can you guys share any anything that you've been working on recently? That's really cool. I guess if, yeah, we can keep brand names out of it. I guess it'd be cool. Yeah. 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 I mean, I recently did a campaign that involved a video. So we shot the video. We had the products with us. It involved a dog who was the happiest dog I've ever met in my life. And then from there, it went went on their social media, the client's social media, but as well, it was put through some e-blast campaigns. And we talk a lot about metrics in our jobs, so the click-through ratios and the open ratios. And I think compelling images plus a video really helped. Like, Jamie, you checked the metrics for that one, and you said that it was still, like, people were still opening and clicking, and we had sent that email 
I would say like a month, at least a month and not two months ago. Yeah. I don't know what's up with what you do with your emails, but yeah, they, they stay relevant forever. They, they get forwarded and shared. So yeah, we check metrics like months later and it's like, oh, 30 people are still waiting to receive the follow-up email. I'm like, oh, right on. And for those who don't know what an e-blast is, that's our own little, I think that's our own little term. Marketers (laughs) create their terms all the time, but basically an email newsletter that we create for your brand specifically. It's not like a templated, simple newsletter. It's like a custom cool one. Personalized. Yeah. That's what you need. That's so exciting. Yeah. And I think we were kind of touching upon this in our meeting. Was it just yesterday we had a meeting, Jamie? Wild. Oh, man. That I don't understand how time works these days. But we were talking about how things are evolving from even when we started in our positions. Like You and I started at this company around the same time, about a year ago. And we were doing things as our protocols were taught to us. And since then, there's just such a change and such a need to have not only the brand out there and the brand awareness, but I guess you would say really strong, distinct, and powerful language that goes with each brand in order to make it stand out through SEO. So that's search engine optimizing and keywords. And you can't just do the same thing for every company. It literally has to be unique to each company. And that's something that I'm not used to. And I have to adapt currently to. (laughs) Yeah, it's tough. I mean, like when when I first started out working with Rebecca, we we did get hired around the same time, right? Yeah. 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 So it's almost been a year, Rebecca, coming up. Ooh. We should have some champagne, except I don't drink. (laughs) So we should have bubbly somethings. You know what I was thinking? Just all this kind of ideas you guys were throwing out there. This was all new. It's kind of new to me too, some of these terms, and I'm just slowly learning them. But... I want to know what our listeners think about some of our own branded things. And I'm thinking maybe like a water bottle, like a reusable water bottle tumbler saying like, stay hydrated or like just our dramatic one. assets. I want one right now. Do you, is that cool? You, you mm. want one. Okay, great. We'll make it happen <laughs> and let us know what you guys think. I mean, I'm not a listener. I just want it because I like cool containers to hold water. I think Jamie, you probably, because Jamie does this thing all the time, like every day where she just researches the upcoming trends, which is so cool. I aspire to do that. I don't have the patience half the time, but what are you seeing, Jamie, in terms of the market evolving? Like what is the newest trend? And then also, I guess you could relate it to our podcast. I mean, are there podcast trends? Would you even know? Mm. Question mark. Yeah. Yeah. Podcast trends. I'm not super duper familiar with podcast trending, mostly because where we work, the agency we work at, we don't really do any podcast stuff. So I kind of don't look into that one too much. But with the future trends of upcoming stuff in marketing, I think you could say what they were a couple of months ago, kind of you could project it a little bit. But then I think now that this pandemic just hit, 
I really don't know. All I could say is everybody has gone into hyperdrive to figure out what they can do to get out of it. So I think we're going to be seeing some crazy new innovative marketing approaches that it's going to be ads disguised in ways we've never seen before, I think. And everything's going to be super virtual, which brings along super tracking capabilities. So I think it's exciting time to be a marketer, scary time to be a consumer. (laughs) That is really accurate. Do you know what I'm thinking too? Just the changes in how products are sold, which might be slightly off topic, but I'm just thinking like for like alcohol sales, now you can get it on Uber Eats or you can get it delivered. Whereas before that wasn't so much of a thing. And like once these changes happen in the way we do things and advertise, they're not going to go back to the way they were before. I just can't see it. We've already made the change. Thank you very much for this great conversation. Jamie McClure, thank you so much for joining us and chatting with us today. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for talking about all this cool stuff. I really went, huh? (laughs) That was our goal. (laughs) Glad you think so. I love that. For everybody else listening, stay hydrated. Stay dramatic. Rebecca, thank you. Thank you. And we will see you. Well, you'll we'll hear you see you. I don't know. I mean, I wish we could see you guys, but we can't. <laughs> Me too. Because <laughs> social distancing. But we right. We hope that we will grace your ears in a little bit. And <laughs> I love that. Yes. <laughs> Stick with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Our outros are excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Oh,